0: Hey everybody, this is Wine and Workouts. I'm Lisa. And this is Odie. This is a podcast where we talk about wellness, adulting,
1: self-care, and whatever else we feel like all over a glass of wine.
0: Okay, Lisa, so what are we drinking this week? Today, we're drinking a Pinot Noir from California. This is called Murphy Good, established in 1985. That's a special year. (laughs) It is. 84 was really good, too. (laughs) I like a good Pinot Noir. It goes with, I feel like, most any uh, evening meal. Some people call it dinner. (laughs) Um, I enjoy it with meats. It also goes well with some seafoods. Okay. But anyway, I want... Like steak? Yeah, very good with steak.
1: I thought Pinot Noir was a white wine for some reason, and I'm seeing that it's red.
0: Maybe you're thinking about Pinot Grigio?
1: Maybe. When I think of Pinot Noir, too, I think of The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt.
0: Yes. Yes. (laughs) That is the best. (laughs) All right. I really need to know. (laughs) We could go on and on for so long. Yes,
1: about The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah.
0: All right. I need to know how you like this one. Okay. This is the first red we're drinking. Where's your cup? I'm sorry. Okay. I'm delayed. <laughs> All right. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. See, it's pretty tart, right? It smells good. Mm-hmm. It tastes. There's not really a taste. It's just bitter. You know, we talked about the bubbly and how it's stereotypically such a good date wine. I really like this wine. Even though it doesn't taste great, it like brings the good feelings. So you know it doesn't taste great. I enjoy it now. It's an acquired taste, I feel like. It's not my go-to. It's burning on the way down. Oh, boy. I mean, this is good. This is good shit.
1: (laughs) So what's the, I guess, the hangover? Is this a weekday, weeknight? I think so. A weekday
0: wine? Yeah, yeah.
1: What's your hangover
0: score? It. Uh, I'm going to give it a four because, to me, it's so smooth. Really, it creates the good times. I'm imagining myself sitting by a fire, what? outdoor fire, with a cozy sweater on. We live on Drinking Florida. this. What are you talking about? I'm just daydreaming here. (laughs) We live in Florida. It's so hot outside. I just want to sit outside in the cold next to a fire. Anyway, so hangover. All right. (laughs) Hangover score, I'd give it a four due to mass consumption. Otherwise, it's fine. I'd give it a two. What is the scale for the hangovers? Ten is you can't get out of bed. Okay. Can't operate, function, or anything. Okay. One... Is you don't need to take anything. Do wine make you does it make you throw up? Oh yeah.
1: Okay. I've, I've thrown <laughs> the a, face you just made. I've oh up
0: yeah. Red wine like a machine gun. Running to the bathroom. Ooh. We were renting a condo. <laughs> and you know, the paint on the walls in a rental is like so cheap and for yes. us. Yes. Uh <laughs> It really was. Like, I was trying to get there, and it was like machine gun all across Uh! the (laughs) wall. It was so (laughs) gross. And Chris was like, "Um, what's happening here? And I felt so bad about it. I, Mm. I stayed up and cleaned it all up, and I'm like, you know, I can't. Stand up straight, and there- I'm like, no, no, I'm cleaning this up. I'm so sorry. Yeah, Mister
1: Cleaning, one hand, and he's yes. just drunk trying to. And clean I up probably the just wall.
0: smeared it. Oh. I'm sorry, that was a gross oh. description. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, red wine will really get you sometimes. Okay, so I mean,
1: if I had to put it on my scale mm-hmm. of likability, I'd probably give it a two. Ooh, because there's not really a taste. No, with the white wine, it I felt like it was like I could I could feel the grapes maybe
0: like it's a little more fruity.
1: Yes, the fruitiness. Where this is more just a drink. I'm not sure how to describe it.
0: It's kind of watery a little bit. Smoking cigarettes and then being like everything after that is like gross. Have you ever smoked a cigarette? I've never smoked a cigarette. What?
1: So I'm not sure. All Um, right, that
0: doesn't (laughs) (laughs) work. I'm
1: looking at you like I'm trying to pull something out wow. from this conversation but I'm not sure never smoked a cigarette all no right. well, well alright the <laughs> awkward face Lisa just made like okay well I have so no judgment here
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah that's the wine
0: well I'm sorry that we're not going to have a good discussion over a decent <laughs> glass of something okay
1: well We'll get into it, but so so for this episode, this is a very special episode for Lisa and I, we um, are going to talk about infertility. So infertility uh, is something that Lisa and I both dealt with. It is our origin story. Mm -hmm. As I tell her, I like comic books, well, comic movies. And Avengers Endgame is about to come out, so I'm excited about it. It's, like, the last movie in the series. Do you? Are you into no, Avengers? No. No?
0: I know. I, maybe I would like it. I don't know.
1: Oh, you like, you've never watched any of the movies? None. I know. It's so lame. Well, okay, so this is going to be horrible. They but... choose
0: a lot of really attractive men. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm looking at you, and you're like, oh, oh yeah, not, Avengers I Endgame.
1: That. So... This will probably be a pretty heavy uh, discussion. So I wanted to start it off on a lighter note. And so you know how I always say, like, this is our friendship origin story. So with the superheroes, they all have an origin story. So I was trying to figure out if we were superheroes, Mm -hmm. who would we be? Okay. But you told me you don't know (laughs) any of the superheroes. So I have pre-thought about this for you because I felt like you were going to tell me you don't. You're not into superheroes.
0: Superwoman is not an Avenger. Is that right? It doesn't have to be an Avenger.
1: Superwoman. Superwoman is in the Justice League. Okay. So that's with like Superman, Mm -hmm. Batman, Mm -hmm. Aquaman, Flash. They're all in the Justice League. So that's DC Comics and then you have Marvel Comics.
0: I know there's a big rivalry between the two. I mean,
1: yeah. I don't know if I'd say a rivalry, but just two different comic houses.
0: Can I go ahead and pick a superhero? Yes, go pick a superhero. I'm going to pick Superwoman because she's got some kick-ass boots. (laughs)
1: so I and I I was thinking about this for you and I was like initially I thought of Black Widow okay she's an Avenger Mm -hmm. only because she's played by Scarlett Johansson (gasps) I love her I do too and I was like yes but her personality in real life well no 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 as Black Widow Mm -hmm. is not you like she was like raised as a like super spy and that's like yeah. you, you, she's kind of kind of cold so then i hold so i thought about it some more and i thought rogue from the x-men rogue was from mississippi
0: okay she was
1: the x-men southern belle uh-huh so that's like lisa would be rogue and her that. power is that basically she could fly mm-hmm. that's not her power but she could fly and also when she touched people she Absorbed their energy and their powers. Oh, so if she touched Superwoman, mm-hmm. she would absorb Superwoman's powers mm-hmm. from her. I don't know for how long, but so
0: okay. What, so what, you what about me, you? Yeah, I want to know yours. Do you want to be Superwoman or Rogue though? Uh, I I like the Rogue. You like I Rogue? Like rogue, yeah. Rogue, was, I like the sound of that. She
1: was, she was, and she was like dating Gambit, and Gambit was from Louisiana.
0: okay, like, there was okay. this whole, I was like this whole thing. In the South. All right. Um, I would be Storm. Okay. From the X-Men. I know who Storm is. And you know who Storm I, is? I believe so, too. I don't know anything about her superpowers, but they're <laughs> all just so kick-ass. I already said that before, but I could, I could so see So, you it. know
1: Storm. Um, not, no offense, but not Holly Berry playing Storm. Okay. I
0: You don't like that one?
1: She was okay. But I'm more talking about, like, from the 90s cartoon X-Men. Yeah. So, Storm was, her superpower is she controlled the weather and she could fly. And she was an African queen because she was married to Black Panther. Okay. Okay. Yeah,
0: okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I would be Storm. Mm-hmm. You would be Rogue. So let's I get into this. it. This is how Storm and Rogue became friends.
0: I love this. It's a, like a fairy tale. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so for some background, um, National Infertility Awareness Week um, is this year on April 21st to the 27th and it was founded in 1989 by Resolve, which is the National Infertility Association. Um, And it was founded pretty much because one in eight couples struggle with infertility. And it is, I don't wanna say people suffer in silence, but it's something that especially, well, I guess for women and men, it's something that people don't always feel comfortable discussing. Yeah. So they wanted to bring awareness to the fact that it's pretty common and they wanted to educate people about the different struggles that families go through, educate lawmakers about how infertility impacts people and then let people know that they're not alone. So in 2010, National Infertility Awareness Week became a federally recognized health observance by the Department of Health and Human Services. So Lisa and I just wanted to discuss our story.
0: And remind me, I think something just happened in the state of New York about... Check out the resolve.org website. They There was a, an awesome stat in the state of New York. Uh, I believe they started requiring insurance coverage for certain infertility yeah, yeah. coverages. So I think even at our company... Yeah, some things are starting, yes, to, get so starting to
1: get covered. Um, and so the reason why we say this is how we became friends is Infertility really is the thing that I think created our friendship like we mm-hmm. knew of each other at work We knew each other's name. We say hey, but this was the thing that really Started we us having more us. conversations yeah. and becoming closer. So mm-hmm. with that I will let Lisa start.
0: Okay all right, so I just want to put a blanket disclosure out there that We're gonna be talking about some things that may make people s- sort of squeamish <laughs> And I am not afraid to talk about these things, so fast forward if you'd like, but we really want to tell you our stories. So my story starts, I guess, in high school, really. I had pretty normal cycles, and then when I went to college, I was like, I need to be on birth control, but I really didn't. There was no reason to be. (laughs) (laughs) That comes into play later. I just want you to know this was not out of the blue, (laughs) or unrelated. So moving forward, I met my husband there. Um, we got married and then a couple of years after being married, we decided it was time to have kids. So in about March, 2012, we, I stopped birth control and I knew that there would be a period of time to kind of let your body regulate it. Uh, I, I would say probably in September is when I started to notice things were pretty odd. We did move over the summer, but in September I noticed I had terrible cystic acne, weight gain, mm-hmm. all of that good stuff. Just my cycles were all over the place. They were probably like forty-five to fifty or sixty days. Maybe not sixty, but a good fifty days. <laughs> and uh, it was just really annoying. And um I finally got in with a good OBGYN or at least I thought she was okay. <laughs> and I'm just what, like what I'm a- mean by <laughs> that. What do you mean? Well I'll tell you my thoughts. So okay. Okay. I, I told her my concerns and she ran a few tests and told me just very bluntly that I have PCOS and I just did not appreciate her presentation of this.
1: <laughs> her bedside manner.
0: Her bedside manner was non-existent. Right. Because that just was kind of a slap in the face. I didn't know what it meant. Number one. And I felt like she was telling me I'm never going to have kids. It was just mm-hmm. very um, startling, I guess. Um, so, she tells me that that's polycystic ovarian syndrome and it could mean a number of things. But in my case, it was because there were multiple hormone levels that were in abnormal ways. There was not one that was causing the whole thing to be odd, Mm -hmm. but, um, so she referred me to a reproductive endocrinologist at a very well-known, Practice here in our town, and so I went to him, and he was very creepy. <laughs> what do you mean? He was. <laughs> what do you mean by creepy? Well, he had like frog face, where <laughs> his she's demonstrating. His, right. I'm stretching my mouth from side to side, where his mouth almost went like sideways, ear oh. to ear, but not like the Joker. More just like a frog, and he. When he talked, he kind of like hunched over a little bit. And when he talked, he was like, well, your labs are a little abnormal. (laughs) We're going to put you on a Clomid cycle. (laughs) The face you're making. So at this point, I was like, I don't care how creepy this guy is. Let's go ahead and get knocked up. So I did the Clomid thing, which basically... Uh, Well, moving backwards, PCOS is where your body is trying to release an egg every month, but it gets kind of caught in the barrier of the um, ovary, I guess. With Yes, and it creates a cyst because it Mm -hmm. gets stuck. And then it creates even more of a barrier, so none of them are getting out. So you're, quote-unquote, ovulating, but not really ovulating, and that's why your cycle is so long, because nothing's happening. Mm -hmm. So... He, the Clomid will help boost your follicles so big in a quick period of time. So instead of just releasing one egg, you would release multiple. And you would kind of do like a timed intercourse situation where they tell you you, you take more medicine to release these follicles at a certain time. And then you have timed intercourse. And then in hopes that you can... The sperm will find that egg and make it all happen. Right.
1: And so when you say time intercourse, it's not go have intercourse for this much time. <laughs> <laughs> he wishes. It's literally a like a doctor's like, note that says have sex on this day.
0: Yeah, at this time, even. So it's like Oh, in the morning. Well, this this was in the evening, oh, luckily. Okay. So <laughs> so I took this stuff and it makes your hormones just whacked out. You're just you're crazy. Yeah. You're crazy in the head. I felt like a dragon where everything just made me freak out to the max and you and breathe fire. Yeah, I was okay. breathing. <laughs> like a dragon? Yeah, I was breathing serious fire. So during that process, there's a lot of going into the office and checking to see how big the follicles are and where you are in the process, checking out your ovaries, a lot of ultrasounds, a lot of internal ultrasounds, which means vaginally. A lot of people see movies and they see the ultrasounds and they're like, oh, it's just the belly, so cute. But no, they're all up in there with this big wand, navigating around. But anyway, so one of the, also, let's talk about how uh, terrible the office times are. We can't get in there at all. Like, you're missing so much work for all this stuff. And luckily, this clinic was very close to Pretty Peaches, our workplace. And I was able to get a 7.30 appointment before work. So, because you, I mean, it's so shameful. You don't want to talk to coworkers about it to be like, well, I got to go to the doctor again to get my, get my ovaries checked to see (laughs) how things are progressing. So I had the 730 appointment on a Friday and I walk in and I see Odie and I feel like the waiting room was very dim for some reason. It was almost like the, um, office admin had not gotten there yet to turn the lights on. And so I was like, okay, maybe if I hide over here in the shadows, she won't see me. (laughs) But alas, you come up with the, hey, Lisa, how's it going? What are you here for? And we had just met pretty much because you just got into our group. And so it was very new, our like work friendship, actually. So kind of caught me off guard, but it was also comforting to see somebody, you know, in the process, because it's such a lonely feeling to be like, I'm the only one out of all my friends that can't get pregnant. And so it was nice to see a familiar face at first. So in the midst of the scariness being like, oh my gosh, I just saw somebody I knew it was almost like, thank goodness I have somebody to talk to this about. So that was great.
1: I'm at the doctor's office and I see Lisa and I am completely embarrassed because the last thing you want to do when you're going through this process is to see someone you know. Um, at that time, it wasn't something that I communicated to anyone that I was going through this, um, going through infertility. And so to see Lisa, I was just like, well, I see her. I might as well acknowledge her and just make it even more awkward. So I was like, Hey girl, Hey, what are you doing here? You know, just trying to be funny, but it was just a really uh, awkward situation. So to back up to how we got how I got there on that Friday morning. Um, so when I was in high school, um, my periods were irregular. I said something to my mom about it. but My mom's periods weren't, they were they weren't irregular like me, but they weren't like clockwork. So she was like, oh, that's normal. And so at that time, my periods were probably coming every 40 days. Fast forward to college, my periods were coming every three months. And so I met my husband And we talked about it and he was like, I really think you should go see someone like that doesn't sound right. That your period doesn't come every month. But I, there was like a level of shame and not so much shame, but I was, I was scared when you know your body's doing something it shouldn't do. Sometimes the fear will cripple you from doing what it is that you need to do. So I was, really afraid to tell my OBGYN that this was happening. So I would just lie when I would go to the doctor and they say, Well when was the, you know, the last first day of your menstrual and I would just make, you know, make up a date because I didn't want to tell them. So then fast forward, I got married. I moved to Florida right before I got married and we decided to start a family pretty pretty soon after we got married, probably like six six to eight months after we got married we said we want to start having kids and my husband was like listen like i want you to tell someone what is happening with your body because at this time up here is probably coming every six months which i know sounds crazy but that's what was happening so i was recommended to an ob by a co-worker and i told them why i was there and she just pretty much like took notes and told me she wanted me to do some blood work she didn't indicate what the blood work was for, but she wanted me to do some blood work. Went and did the blood work, came back, and she said what she suspected was true, that I had PCOS, similar to Lisa. I had polycystic ovarian syndrome. And at the time I didn't have acne, but I did have weight gain. And I did have, um, one of the symptoms is also facial hair, which is embarrassing as a woman. But uh, that is one of the symptoms. And so she told me what I had, and then she recommended me to the facility clinic in town. Um, So when I saw Lisa at the facility clinic, I was actually there to get pregnant with my second child. So I went through a round of Clomid and injections. And so I never had to do IVF, but we did do a round of Clomid with a trigger shot at that same fertility clinic with the, with the, um, or fertility, fertility practice with the, um, head doctor there. And so during that time, it was really rough on me and my husband as a woman in my mind, I was built to carry a child this is the thing that separates me from my my husband woman literally is womb and man I'm the you know and I'm a Christian so like I'm like this is what God intended for me to do and for my husband having a family was so important because he lost his father uh, when we were in college and so being a father for him meant the world and he just, he's just all about family. So it was really difficult to go through several rounds of going doing the medicine, having the time intercourse, taking a pregnancy test, and it being negative. And it really was a difficult time for my husband and I. And so I remember, I just want to talk about, Uh, Two friends that I went to college with that really pretty much helped me get pregnant. And I know that sounds weird, but I had a friend from um, the Bronx and a friend from Miami. And we were going to Miami for my friend in Miami's baby shower. And a week before I was supposed to drive from where I live in Florida to Miami, I went to the fertility practice and they told me, okay, we have to start, you have to start doing shots at this point, like she putting a needle in your lower abdomen to help you get pregnant because the rounds of Clomid, which is pills, are not working. And I'm afraid of needles. So when I went into the office for the nurse practitioner to show me what to do, I started boohoo crying because I was like, I cannot put a needle in myself. I am afraid of needles. So I started crying and she said, well, is there someone else that could come with you? And I said, yes, I'm going to come back with someone else. And so my friend from the Bronx was flying to my town to drive with me to Miami. And I asked her to go with me to the doctor. And she was like, of course, like, I got you. Um, And so we go to the doctor, we go to the fertility clinic and they show her what to do. Because we're going to be in Miami for a couple of days. And I think the pill, I think the shot's were maybe five days and we were going to be in Miami for at least three of those days. And and all of this, I would say, when you're doing fertility, it's very specific as to when you have to do things. So like, I had to start these shots. And so they showed her what to do and she's not a nurse um, <laughs> but she was like, girl, I'm going to get you pregnant. <laughs> um, and they showed her what to do and she's like, we got this. And so we get to Miami and we're in my friend's house and I'm crying in the bathroom because it's time to give me a shot. So I was like, I can't do this. And so my friend, the one who was pregnant, came in the bathroom and she was like, Odie, we going to pray about this and we going to get you pregnant. <laughs> and she, she stood there and she prayed with me and she calmed me down. And my other friend gave me those shots for three days in Miami. And every day my friend would come with me and pray with me and calm me down and my friend would give me the shots and then when i got home my husband would give me the shots and um we got pregnant and it was amazing and we cried and we were so overjoyed and it was just an amazing feeling to feel like i i I was able to accomplish this so a year and a half passes by and so when we got pregnant they told us, you know, the next time your body may just do this on its own. You may not have to do fertility. So, um, we were hoping for that. So after having our first child, we weren't, you know, we weren't using birth control. We weren't using any contraceptive and we were just praying that we would just get pregnant on our own. But after about a year and a half, we realized and and in addition to the year and a half I still wasn't getting my menstrual cycle on a normal basis so at that point we decided to go back to the fertility practice and that's when I walked in and I saw Lisa
0: wow so that's super frustrating to have that like false hope and then it never play out cuz there's so much there's only so much they can say to you for, like, I guess liability purposes, and they don't, I'm sure they deal with a lot of really bad situations, you know, they can't tell you, yes, I will get you pregnant, that sort of thing. But, so, I'll go on into my story, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, yeah, tell us how you, we know the ending. Yeah. So tell us yeah. how you got your kids. Well, you heard him before. <laughs> In the last episode, we heard <laughs> one of your kids. So we know you have some.
0: yeah. Okay, so we did the Clomid cycle, I think it was four or five times, and it just was a lot. And then every time, it may have been a couple, and then we moved into the IUI, which is intrauterine insemination. Basically, it's the turkey baster. <laughs> so we did that, I think, maybe three times, three or four. It, it, it gets fuzzy. It does. Um... And I remember this doctor, same one, frog face, (laughs) he, he put the turkey baster in me and you have to sit there for like 15 minutes. They like, everybody walks out of the room and, um, you just sit there waiting for it to like set in, I guess. And he did that. He like, you know, took his gloves off and everything and was about to walk out and said, okay, so, um just give me a call when you start your period and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, are you kidding me? I, you're putting like everything into this financially, emotionally, just everything. Your personal, like all of your personal time is consumed with this stuff. Right. So I was really annoyed and sure enough, I did start my period, but I'm like, I don't want to talk to this man ever again. So I went to another doctor in the practice that I knew was very good at, at all of this. And I, I brought my husband, we talked to him. He was trying to sell us on IVF. And I was just so frustrated with the practice altogether that I was like, okay, we may do IVF, but I'm not doing it with them. So we made an appointment with another well-known fertility specialist in the area, Talked through IVF. And, you know, another thing about these doctors is they are they're salespeople for sure. I mean, they've got to be, able, how else you got to throw out stats to be like, Oh, of this many people in this cycle, I got this many pregnant, blah, blah, blah. And it's, it feels so hokey and like, Ugh, I'm about to be had. I've already gone through this. And they kind of play into that, into the whole emotions where are like, I get it. I get it. It's frustrating. But we had a feeling that it had to be that next step. So We went into this um, IVF with this new doctor for us, new for us. And um, it's so interesting, side note, about these places. So the first clinic we were in, they, they took every patient at their point in their cycle and started treating them at that point. And this new person I was going to, he put all of his patients on the same cycle. So basically, he had a calendar printed out and was like, all of these people are doing, you know, growth follicle phase. And then they're doing, everybody is, um, I can't remember all the words, releasing, like releasing the follicles within this five day range, because depending on how matured everybody's is. And then afterwards you'll do like the insemination or the implantation, whatever. Um, so anyway, that was, it felt like a bunch of cows being herded around, like, (laughs) having your cycles at the same time but we did that we did the IVF thing and um that was kind of a roller coaster too because it's a lot of money so you're just feeling kind of vulnerable in that way but we went through it i had a very successful uh, cycle in that i responded really well i had i think it was 21 follicles removed or they took them out and were able to, uh, put them together with my husband's stuff. (laughs) So we had a good number of, um, embryos that we were able to pick from in our cycle. So they grow them, I think, depending on your age, they'll grow them different times, but the max is five days, or at least in our situation, it was five days And then they grade them on different movement and all of this crazy things. So they use the best ones first. And he seemed to know, he was like, we don't need to use, we don't need to use multiple embryos. Also, I was 30 at the time, which is, he said, um, the age range where you would only do one embryo up until age 30. And then anything over 30, they would start doing more embryos. And I was like, put them all in. (laughs) I was was just so uh, excited to get pregnant and just do the whole thing. Like, go ahead, make it happen. He was like, no, no, I don't. I'm not doing two at this first one. You may not even respond well. Like you're pushing your hormones so crazy to grow these embryos. You may not be ready to accept the embryos back. So it did not work out. Like, very much, I wasn't even, like, pretend a little bit pregnant. It was, <laughs> Wait. <laughs> like, I never experienced any right symptoms at all. Right. So, that was pretty um, defeating, I guess. And then, so, I had to go through a whole month and a half before I started back with the whole cycle again. Because we decided to do a frozen embryo transfer. Because we had so many. And they immediately freeze them. And they have um, really improved their freezing technology. Whereas in the past they would like do a slow freeze and these embryos were getting really damaged. So when people were having babies from a frozen embryo transfer, they were genetically or they, they had disabilities. Yes. A lot of challenges. Yeah. So now they do a super fast freeze. We did that two months later And he did go ahead with two embryos and pretty much immediately, I mean, not immediately, it was within four or five days, I started feeling very much pregnant, like needing to eat a bunch of stuff. (laughs) It was, it was so exciting, but also very scary. And um, they bring you in to do blood work to see how your alphas, betas, or it whatever it is. Yeah. That, yeah. They're multiplying. And I had read all this stuff, you know, you know how it goes. You're reading so many blogs yes. about this stuff. <clears throat> I knew that they needed to at least double to have a a viable pregnancy. And when I had mine done, they had quadrupled. And mm. they said that that was <laughs> indicative of how many you could have. And so I started freaking out because I legit thought there were quads in there. <laughs> Cause my numbers were higher than normal anyway. And then they the way they multiplied was just crazy. So when we went into our first ultrasound, I think it was at s- six weeks. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Something> <laughs> Again, with everything gets very <laughs> hazy with time frame. Um so I knew that something was up and we go in and we saw that it was twins. And so we were, you know, elated. It was so exciting. So flash forward, we had twins, um, June, 2015. They were seven weeks early, but everything was fine. I had severe preeclampsia and just a side note that doctor told me that, you know, our bodies, sometimes our bodies are not created to, to carry multiple babies. And I was like, you are being such a jerk right now. I am excited to get these, all these babies up in me and grow them and whatever. Well, sure enough, my body was angry. (laughs) I had (laughs) severe preeclampsia that came in at probably 29 or 30 weeks. And I'm sure you remember remember that day. I remember. <laughs> a lot of people talk about pregnancy swelling and everything, but I was like... You
1: <laughs> were swollen. I
0: couldn't fit my legs into pregnancy pants. Do you know what it was dresses. like?
1: It was like Violet from Willy Wonka. Yes. When she ate the blueberry and started to turn
0: yeah. into a blueberry. But it didn't feel like it was anything waist up. It was just my legs. <laughs> they were so large. Anyway...
1: Having finally
0: <laughs> finally had those we had twin boys and mm. um it's very exciting so they were fine they they just had to grow you know a little bit to stay in the NICU and for, I had a c section so there was no like hold back on when you could start back having intercourse and <laughs> four months I guess it was when I do the math four months um they <laughs> We, we had intercourse, and I had not started my cycle back due to, uh, breastfeeding. Right. And I was like, whatever. It didn't work the first time. There's no way it's going to start working now. And sure enough, in a couple of weeks, I found out I was pregnant again. <laughs> so on our own, uh, we got pregnant. And so when mm-hmm. I took the test because I had a couple left over from all of that, all of the shenanigans. Did you buy yours in bulk from like Amazon? Yes. I did. There's too. a, <laughs> did you get the ovulation kit and the no, pregnancy test? No, just the pregnancy
1: test in okay. bulk. Because I was like, I'm always peeing on a stick. Yes.
0: So. I don't know when I wasn't. I also had like a solo <laughs> cup in the bathroom at all times. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So I had the pregnancy test. I took it. It was on a Saturday. It was the day after our Christmas party where we had had some cocktails and all those good things. The night before I also had sushi. Anyway, it was like all of the things you're not supposed (laughs) to do. And I had not felt any way. It was very weird. I took the test just being like, this is, this is a long time.
1: You told me it was your Christmas tree. The smell of your Christmas yes. tree made you feel ups- like yeah. upset in That's your stomach right. or something? Or it was right. too strong and you were like, wait a minute.
0: So this was all exactly a year later. I was pregnant with the boys very uh, right around Christmas. And the smell of our Christmas tree made me want to throw up all the time. And I was like, this is so sad. I love a Christmas tree. And it was happening again. So there was that, I guess, mm-hmm. a little bit. I was like, gosh, is this nostalgia? I don't know. Took the test. It was positive. I told my husband <laughs> right before I was leaving for some appointment or something. And all we did was just laugh, like almost hysterically. We're both holding one of the boys, like, oh my gosh, just laughing. And um, anyway, <laughs> she was a day shy of 13 months. After the boys. So so you all got
1: pregnant on your own. Yes. Quick, shortly after. Very thereafter. shortly
0: thereafter. Yeah. So now they are, the boys will be four soon and she'll be three also soon. So <laughs> here we are. So,
1: um, like I mentioned previously, I had already had a child, um, through fertility, but when I saw you, I had already had a child. So, it was, it was pretty short the second time around. We did cloment again. We did trigger shots. It seemed like it took a lot less time than mm-hmm. the first time. So it, maybe my body did know what to do, but it just needed a little help. Um, so we got pregnant pretty quickly the second time with our second child. And um, my kids right now, one is seven and one is four. So... He'll be five in July and your kids will be, your boys will be four in June. In June. Yeah. So yeah. So pretty, pretty close to around the time we saw each other.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I got pregnant before you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: although we, we pretty much started around the same time trying to get with me, my second pregnancy and you're your first. Yeah. So after having our second, our second son, we wanted to have another baby. And so we, of course, was not using contraceptive. We weren't on birth control or anything like that. And I, I don't remember if it was like a year or two. Maybe th- maybe two and a half years went by. And we talked about it. And we're like, we really wanted to have another, another baby. I'm one of three kids from my mom and my dad. So I wanted three kids. My husband it's just him and his sister. So he always wanted more than two kids and we really wanted a daughter because uh, we have two boys. So we went back to the same practice, not the one, the one that you left, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the one I
0: stayed with. Well, you had success there. I had success. Uh, that
1: was good. We went back to the same practice, started the rounds of Clomid again. And, but we only did two rounds of Clomid and the doctor said, I think we should consider IVF.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he said it nicer than this, but it was kind of like, you're not a spring chicken Mm -hmm. because I asked, I said, you know, this worked to get me pregnant twice before. Why are we jumping from Clomid, which is like kind of the beginning, right? Like the Mm -hmm. pills and all that all the way to IVF. And he was just like, you're not responding well to it. I'm like, but it's only the second time. Like I feel like with my oldest son, we at least did it four times. Mm -hmm. Um, so you said, "I think we should try i v f so talked to my husband about it, and we decided to get a second opinion. Mm-hmm. so we went to the second practice in town where you ended up having success with i v f okay, so you get his opinion, so we walk in, he says to us, genetic testing is required before he treats his patients, so mm-hmm. I don't know if he
0: i don't know it
1: did the same thing There with must you. have been I
0: know that. Chris did have to have, a, like, a blood panel done. Right, right. I'm sure I did. You're always doing some sort always of blood test. They're always poking you. Yeah. And, <laughs> and
1: by the way, I have small veins. Uh huh. They normally have to call, like, one nurse will try to take my blood, and they'll call another nurse in. Like, it's always a thing oh, to gosh. get my blood. And I'm afraid of needles, like I mentioned before. <laughs> so I'm sitting there like, if you don't get this blood out of me.
0: Yeah.
1: So anyway, so we go, and he's like, you know, genetic testing is required here. And I think this is just my opinion. I believe one of his kids has a disability. Okay. I think, cause I was looking at the pictures on the wall and mm-hmm. I think one of his kids might be like autistic or have mm-hmm. down syndrome. So I, that might be why he's kind of like, no, we have to do genetic testing. That makes sense. So we're like, okay, whatever. Not a big deal. Like I said, you're constantly getting blood drawn when you're doing this stuff. And especially going to a new, to a new practice. We do the genetic testing. They come back and they say to me, Hey, you carry the trait for thalassemia, is I believe the name. Um, And when they explain to me, it's like a blood disorder. Um, And so I was like, Is it similar to sickle cell? And they're like, Yeah, kind of. You know, it's it's, uh, mostly people of African descent and like Mediterranean. I said, Okay, well, that makes sense because I know that the sickle cell anemia trait runs through my family. I have a cousin with sickle cell anemia. So I'm like, Okay, no big deal. They test my husband. They're like, oh, you also carry the trait for this thing, thalassemia. So then the doctor's like, okay, well, the only way I will treat you is via IVF so that we make sure that the child doesn't get thalassemia. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, he starts spitting out all the, your baby could die before the age of two and all, you know, all of the things. He's very
0: quick to tell you all of the
1: bad things. All of
0: the bad things. Uh, and so my
1: husband and I are sitting there and, oh, and by the way, my husband had on a shirt that said like men of faith or something like that. So he mm-hmm. tried to pull on those strings right? of like, you know, you're clearly a man of faith, mm-hmm. you know, blah, blah, blah. And I I guess he was trying to say like, I don't know if he was trying to
0: connect in that way, connect
1: in that way or tell my husband that it's not wrong to do IVF or mm-hmm. whatever. So we decide, okay. We'll, we'll find out more about this because we didn't have to get to IVF with the first two kids. So we go to the consultation, we get in the room, and they start talking you through what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I start crying.
0: Aww.
1: Like, lose it. Because, first of all, I had already said I started crying when they told me I had to take trigger shots. Yeah. I was like, what? I'm not <laughs> doing that. I mean, can't do it to myself, whatever. But when they start Talking about what they have to do. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I can't do this. And the lady, it's so funny. Like, they're so accustomed to it. She just, like, hands me the box of tissues but keeps talking.
0: Oh, my god! She's like, here you
1: go. And then this is going to happen. And and my husband's, like, rubbing my back. And I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And he's like, it's okay. And it's a lot of money. That's a lot. And so we leave there. And like you said, this is like an appointment in the middle of the day. Like, I don't know how much work I missed during all this. Like I had to, I had to tell my boss at the time my manager, time. I was like, listen, and she was a woman. i if it was a man, I may not have said what yeah. exactly what was going on. Mm-hmm. I would have just said like, Hey, I have some medical stuff going on,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I had to tell her, I was like, Hey, uh, I'm trying to get pregnant mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have to go through fertility. And then she said to me that she had gone through fertility, but it was unsuccessful. But, mm-hmm. um, she confided in me. So we literally, after that appointment, went to the parking lot. And I was like, I don't think I can do this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we just decided. I think if we didn't have kids,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we would have. And they, re- and by the way, they were really trying to sell us. Oh, yeah. On the fact that, like, well, you know, if you're doing IVF, we can test it beforehand. And you're guaranteed to have a girl yeah
0: for like another two grand yes
1: it was for (laughs) extra money we can guarantee that you get pregnant with a girl and so ridiculous yeah so Grover and I uh talked in the parking lot and we just decided that we weren't gonna do it Mm -hmm. you know I was like God blessed us with two kids Mm -hmm. who do not have thalassemia
0: right or whatever
1: it's called do you know that they well <laughs> I just think about it, I was like, wait, do I know that? No, um we when he when he mentioned it to us, we said, Well, you know, we have two kids, but he said you would have known by the time they were like one or two if oh, they okay. had it. I had to think about that. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> do I know they don't have it? Yeah. Um so we have two two wonderful, energetic little boys. They're so cute. And I was just like I. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I have what I need. As much as I still sometimes long for a little girl, I'm like mm-hmm. I'm good. And I figure, you know what? We, You've got
0: a beautiful niece.
1: I have two beautiful nieces. Two beautiful I have nieces. Two I- nieces. That's
0: right.
1: So my my husband's sister has a daughter, and my sister has a daughter. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, eh, I got two nieces. I'm yeah. good. So
0: we come from like very different stories, but. Very similar emotions, Mm -hmm. all that good stuff, bad stuff, crazy stuff, (laughs) (laughs) but super encouraging, I think, along the way that we were able to talk to each other and be like, what the F is happening (laughs) or not happening with my body? Right. So just a word to all you girls, couples, whatever. You got this. And I'm sorry for the frustration along the way, but just know that there are plenty of women that are behind you that have done this before, and please feel free to reach out to us. um, Even if it's just airing your grievances, we understand. Please tell us. So that uh, wraps things up for today
1: please make sure to rate review and share our podcast rating and reviewing and sharing is very important so other people can find us. So we will be available iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all of the places.
0: And follow us on Instagram at wine and workouts pod and email us at wine and workouts pod at gmail.com. Have a great one. Bye.